Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Talking About Birds, the only Cardinal podcast that is also banned from Canada, but for very different reasons. My name is Nate Heininger, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Ben Samorka. I have been pulled over by a water Mountie before. Um, and <laughs> There's he definitely was, a record. Uh, there's definitely a record. I was wearing a blue shirt, and it was right after the Blues won, um, and he was talking to me about hockey while writing me like a $300 ticket. Very nice. <laughs> Um, well, among many things this week, we are going to be talking about the mentioned border issues, the upcoming trade deadline, and some notes from the injured list. If you have an idea for the opening joke, tweet us at Talk About Birds. Ben, before we get into uh, just all the mess that the last week was, um, I want to tell you a story. And I know you know okay. the the broad strokes of this, but um, I want to go a little bit more into detail with you and with our listeners because I had a uh, an experience this last weekend, and. Okay. Um, I want to share a story of a, of a true hero. Um, so I went to Chicago this weekend and, uh, me <laughs> and, um, me and, uh, wife and, and our daughters, we, we did a really quick trip to Chicago, like drive up Friday afternoon. Um, we were, they were actually there for a, a, a bridal shower, for this guy, for Ben, my wife, uh, soon to be wife. So, um, yep. we went up there and, uh, our oldest daughter has been really into like the idea of the beach and, and like playing in the sand and all that. And, uh, you know, middle of the good. summer beach is good. Beach is good. Um, <laughs> they, uh, <laughs> I don't know what I was going for there, but, um, we, uh, so we had a little bit of time Saturday morning and there was a beach on Lake Michigan, like right by our house, but right by our Airbnb. And so we thought, okay, Saturday morning, we'll get up, we'll take the girls to the beach for a couple hours and then Molly will go to her thing and I'll bum around Chicago with the kids. And the it was Airbnb great. up with farts. Yeah. Well, that was going to happen regardless. <laughs> um, but um, we don't put that on the itinerary. That's just okay. an expected outcome. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Uh, so it's great having a great time, beautiful morning, a little overcast, great wind coming off of the, off the beach. Uh, really lovely kids are running around having a great time and I am out barefoot shorts and I'm shorts. maybe, yeah, it's important those for legs the away. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, and I'm, I'm at the sort of the edge of the surf. So the, waves would break and, and cover my feet, um, but not much more than that. And I had been playing with Lola and I looked down and realized at some point in the last like two minutes, my cell phone was gone. And it's not just my cell phone. It's my phone. And I also have a wallet case on it. So it's my phone, my driver's license, my insurance card, and like my <laughs> primary credit card. Okay. 
Uh, I haven't had a wallet in like 12 years. I've been doing the wallet phone thing for a long time because I've never lost um, an iPhone. I've never lost like anything like that before. I, I'm like neurotic about the location of my phone. But these well, shorts... Because it's your entire life is stacked on top of it. Of course you are. Yeah, yeah, right? And um, so I'm like neurotic about it. And I had just been taking pictures um, like with the girls on the beach. And these shorts have like smaller pockets. And I guess at some point while sort of jumping around with, with uh, the girls, it fell out of my pocket and was just gone i i don't know like i was on i was not in the water but i was at where the water sort of breaks the lake took it so the lake reached out and grabbed it and pulled it in and i proceed to spend a very demoralizing basically like (laughs) half an hour crawling (sighs) around in the in the surf like poking my hand down into the sand. Well, I'd uh, like to point out your wife was generous enough to post some of those videos on Instagram, which I was able to enjoy. And, and yeah, and I did enjoy quite a bit. She, she followed a delicate balance of being helpful while also making <laughs> sure to document my misery, which honestly yeah. I respect, you know, I'd be doing the same. So, um, so I'm like hands and knees. I'm fully in the lake at this point because I had not <laughs> been planning on that. Um, but I'm like, This is, it's not a brand new iPhone, but it's one of the more recent ones. And, you know, so it's an expensive device. I'm in a different city and it has my drivers, you know, all the, all the reasons. So I'm like, I got to find this thing. And I spend a long time just rooting around like some sort of weird little crab, uh, digging in the sand, thinking like maybe, you know, it got like slightly covered. I don't know. I'm just digging around half panicking. Worst moment, I get hit by a wave so hard (laughs) that it knocks my glasses off. (laughs) Uh, And my glasses go into the lake with this wave. And I'm like, oh, no. And and I'm like now frantically shuffling around. I'm like, Molly, get in here and help me. Uh, So it's maybe a real low point for me. And um, somehow, miraculously, I managed to grab my glasses. I caught like I I had my hands on. I was like, you know, frantically rooting around and I caught the edge of them as they were being pulled out into the lake and I grabbed them. So I had contacts. It wouldn't have been like the end of the world for that weekend, right. but it would have it would have sucked to lose both my phone and my glasses <laughs> in a one hour trip to the beach. Um, but ultimately, can't find it. We have to go because Molly has to drive a little ways outside of Chicago to get to this thing. I'm not going to make her miss this because I lost my phone, you know? So I, I leave the beach demoralized. I get a really depressing ping on my watch that says you've left your iPhone behind, which I'm like, (laughs) I know, which is also confusing (laughs) because it means it can tell where it is, but I couldn't find it. So, uh, anyway, I, I'm, I'm very, uh, I'm very unhappy about it. Unhappy with myself. It's stupid. I'm thinking through like, got to get a new phone, got to get a new ID, got to cancel the credit card, all these different things. Right. And so I spend several hours um, in our Airbnb with the with the kids and I find, you know, there's a bunch of Apple stores in Chicago and Molly goes and does her whole thing. Several hours later, we come and go downtown. We have a, a, a really nice burger at a great place in Chicago called Small Cheval. I highly recommend Ooh, if you go yeah. out there. It's a super tasty burger. Did you get the um, butter pickles? Um, wait, no. you're not a pickle boy, are you? 
Well, I have become more of a pickle pal over the last few years. Um, so I, I never was one, but um, I, I would, I at this point would consider myself a pickle pal, though I don't okay. like them in every, I still don't like them in every, sure. uh, every format, but um, like a chicken sandwich, like a hot mm. chicken sandwich with pickles on it is one of my favorite things. And the pickles Ooh, start really, <laughs> I will. Um, <laughs> Uh, really, you know, set it off. So in that form, I like it. I'm not as big a fan of them on burgers still, but I don't hate it like I used to. All right. So, well, um, shout out Small Cheval. They have bread and butter pickles. They just come in a mason jar and they're delicious. Ooh. Um. So we're where that is. It's in Wicker Park, and there's an Apple Store in Lincoln Park, which is like a neighboring. Uh, I part become of- so numb <laughs> too soon. Um. <laughs> and uh. He uh, and so I'm like, all right, Molly, let's can we swing by the Lincoln Park Apple store? I'm going to go in and I'm going to get a new phone. I'm depressed, but like I I want I need I need to have a phone, especially in like a different city, you know, so we go get I have to wait for a while. You know, sample store. It is what it is. Wait for a little while. Get the phone and seriously get my credit card back. Go to Molly and the girls who are waiting at the front entrance we're still in the front. We're like in the, the front area, the lobby area of the Apple store. And Molly gets a phone call and she looks down at her phone and it's from me. <laughs> I haven't activated the new phone yet. Right. And so she's like kind of confused, like, you know, maybe something with the purchase or whatever. And she's like, uh, and she answers it. And there's a woman on the other side who their daughter found my phone in the lake. This is 12 hours. Wow. Almost maybe 11 after I'd lost it. They found it in the lake, went to their car to charge it. Cause it'd been dead. Uh, and, uh, cause I, I, I had failed to charge my phone overnight. So it was at like 20% or something when it fell into the lake. And so they charge it and it comes on and I had put it in, I felt like a desperation plea, but I'd actually gone through the process of putting it in lost mode and putting like, you could put a little message on the front, you know? Um, so I'd said like, if found, please call this number. And it was Molly's number. And, uh, someone found it and did, and they waited for us to drive from Lincoln park all the way back to the beach. Wow. And I got my phone back and it was, uh, you know, still wet <laughs> like it's, it's like a, a leather wallet case was sure, like still sure. wet sand all in it like little rocks and stuff in the pouch yeah. and it spent the full day in the lake and now probably having a great um, time yeah i think it was definitely having a great time um and now a couple days later it is totally fine it's as if it never happened so um i say all this to say there are good people in this world. And Lexi, <laughs> Lexi from Chicago, I am forever indebted to you. Yeah. And we will we will pay this forward. I did also get Did you her buy her a burger app. or anything? Okay. Well, I got her Cash App name and she was like, yeah. I didn't find it. My daughter found it. And her daughter was like, I don't know, eight, 10 years old. Sure. I didn't get her name or anything. Like, you know. Um, <laughs> nice but, to uh, meet you. I, yeah, I got the woman's Cash App and I was like, I'm going to send you something like 
buy her something like whatever you do whatever you sure, want sure. with it but you're good people and thank you for being a good person because it would have been so easy for them to you know it's not like uh an iphone that's in lost mode is particularly valuable because they apple kind of shuts right. them down but still like they could have just left it on the beach they could have kept it oh, and tried to sell that it. shit across the water yeah <laughs> Well, yeah, you're a trash person. So I'm glad it was like Alexi that found it and not yeah. a uh, not a Ben. So uh, I am, you know, incredibly grateful to this person. And uh, yeah, I just could not believe it. I could like the circumstances of someone finding it in the lake and then going through all the process to get it back to me. I was I was super grateful. Yeah. How so, do you feel about the fact that you looked and you looked and you looked and a eight year old found it without even trying? Not great, Ben. I thought about that too. I'm like, how did she find it? But I think, I don't know. I don't, I didn't, in, I did not interrogate this child about, uh, yeah. you know, where it was and how she found it. My guess is that it had gone like deeper into the lake than I was searching and she was out there playing more and found it or something like that. But I, I don't know. I'll never know. But mm. um, yeah, I could not believe that it was found <laughs> and returned to me. And it, it, uh, Besides it being a significant dollar amount savings for me, yeah. it was um, just like getting a new driver's license sucks. Oh, everything yeah, everything that, sucks, yes. you know, so so uh, Chicago, um, you know, sorry about the Cubs, but everything else. You're great. I love you. All right. End so, of episode. Good job. Yeah. So, um, hey, you know, if you find a phone out there, take the extra effort to help someone pay it yeah. forward for me. So, or uh, see how far you can skip it. One or the other. If I you're, bet you could skip an iPhone pretty good. I bet you could. If you yeah. took the case off. Ex- yeah. Maybe. Let's tr- try that while we're at the Lake of the Ozarks. <laughs> With your phone. With my um, phone. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Yeah. Lexi <laughs> will find it for me. <laughs> what a twist. <laughs> um, so now that we're done talking about good people. Let's talk about um, (laughs) (laughs) interesting interesting heel transition here. I've gone back and forth on on like how much do we talk about this at this point? It's a couple days past the controversy. Uh, Once again, our show perfectly bookends uh, interesting Cardinals related conversations. Um, But I I think we we should at least talk about it a little bit. and of course, what we're referring to is uh, the the recent um, you know, revelation and outcome of Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, and Austin Romine uh, not being vaccinated and not able to uh, take the trip to Toronto. Yeah, um, most people are probably burnt out by this conversation at this point because it's been fervent on both sides. Um, so I don't think we're going to go, uh, too far on this. Ben and I actually haven't like talked about how we're going to talk about this before, but, um, I will say this and then Ben, I'd love to hear your thoughts. So, um, I do believe that it is a person's choice to, uh, get the vaccine. I don't think, you know, we should do any sort of forced, uh, you know, shots or anything that hold people down or whatever. Um, but just like it's their choice to not get the vaccine, it is also our choice to hold them in significant judgment and uh, and ridicule for the lack of making that choice. Um, I was surprised 
uh, especially based off of things like what Arenado said very recently about doing everything you can to win. Um, so I was surprised to find out that uh, a guy like that would sacrifice um, even a single game for something like this. Right. Uh, I was disappointed. These are two of my favorite players, even before they were Cardinals. They were two of my favorite players, and it's hard for me to separate this from them now. Um, I think it will be a part of the legacy of these two guys, for better or worse. I don't... I, I think, like, you know, any two games, it's whatever. Um, and the, the outcome of these two games does not change the decision or change my opinion on whether uh, it mattered or not. You know, like I saw a lot of people we're, we're recording in between the two games. So we've seen that they got blown out in game one. And you saw a bunch of people saying things like, we'll see. It didn't matter. It's the pitching. <laughs> the, the, and I'm like, that's the worst argument you could be making because that is of yeah. salty takes is it's too yeah. damn high. My goodness. Yeah. Um, we don't know what how the game would have gone yesterday if we had our two best players in it. Uh, it, it is unknowable. Yeah. Um, because for, you know, who knows, maybe the rally that the Cardinals had earlier on actually results in six runs instead of three. And now the whole game is different because the blue Jays are using their bullpen differently. The Cardinals are using their bullpen differently. Everything is different with these guys. So you cannot say that it does not matter. Um, you also can't say that it would have mattered. We just truly don't know. So you can't use the results. Um, you know, results don't necessarily, um, I think that you can assume a different outcome. It would not have gone exactly the way it went to what degree. We'll never know. We'll never know. Yeah. So I was frustrated. Um, You know, I, I had always, these two guys had seemed like big leaders on the team. And now it almost feels like they're like outliers on the team. When you consider that everybody else got it. Right. Um, I don't know. So what are your thoughts, Ben? Well, so I'll start this off with, uh, and, and I was at the, uh, I was at the Rockies White Sox game last night, and this came up in conversation with Mary. And I was wondering, what do you think that they were doing last night, and what do you think that they're doing tonight? Do you think that they're like, do they have like a man cave that they're sitting and watching, and like with the lights off and and stewing quietly, and they've asked their wives and and children to leave them alone? Do you think that they're doing it together? Do you think they're eating hot wings, drinking a couple of beers? Like, I, I was very curious, like, what do you think that they're doing these two nights? Because it's just such a weird thing. Like, you're not injured. You're just not with the team. Um, yeah. Is there a I watch party? I, yeah, I'm just like personally curious on what what's going on there. Outside I, of that. I, yeah, I, I definitely have takes. Um, I, I look at it through my own lens, right? Like, I work uh, a job. This might surprise a lot of people, but I am employed. Um, this is not my my main financial uh uh, source this podcast, um, which is surprising, <laughs> but I'm required to be vaccinated and prove vaccination status and booster status to go in the office. Um, I think probably a lot of people are in that same boat. Um, so I look at it through my lens. I got to do this to go to work. It's, it's a reasonable expectation. You don't have to do it. I could work from home and, uh, to some degree and it probably impede my work like it does these guys. So I kind of think of it like, I don't really, I, I feel no, you know, you got to get vaxxed to do your job. I think what pro- what bugs me about this more, because um, I, I agree with you, make your own choice. Uh, I, I don't really care. I, I, I do have, I think the counter argument to that is like, it is a personal decision, but it also affects people immediately around you, like maybe your teammates or their families right. or whoever it might be. 
Um, so well, I think my, like my, if I can real quick, my point is that I don't think we should hold people down and right. give them shots, but I think that they should absolutely understand the repercussions of making that choice. The repercussions are being seen in the way that yeah. they are being seen by a lot of people right now. And I also think that there's like just strictly talking on the baseball side of it, there is a competitive advantage to being vaccinated because, well, first off, you wouldn't be missing these two games. And I agree, two games, not a huge deal, but it also just uh, uh, decreases your likelihood of infection throughout the whole season. And we saw what that can do. The Cardinals had this same thing happen to them uh, during the pandemic year where the whole team was sidelined for like (laughs) a week and a half. Um, and several other teams were, and most of the players got vaccinated after that. So I think there's like a strictly competitive advantage nature to that because obviously COVID testing is still happening and what that does to players and COVID IL is still a thing. And we've seen many teams lose players out and not, not to mention players bounce back oddly from COVID. You know, I think we all probably know somebody who's had long COVID or whatever in there, you know, my, my dad still can't taste certain things. Um, and that obviously doesn't affect a baseball player on the field, but there are just there, you know, there are these right. things, there is a competitive advantage. I don't think that that can be argued with. And I'll, I'll kind of round all that out with, I wonder, and, and I don't wonder too far because I'm pretty sure I know the answer, but let's say you look through the, cl- uh, the crystal ball and somehow it's a bird versus bird world series. We got the blue Jays. We got the Cardinals. Are you telling me? That if we were in the World Series against the Blue Jays or a a series that mattered to it a degree like that, let's say if they could be a divisional series, but obviously the only actual uh, situation would be a World Series, that they would just not play. I bet you they would both get vaccinated for that, for a World Series. And that is like... It's hypocritical. The fact that that you will bend... Potentially, again, this is this is me speculating on these two gentlemen, but I, I know we've heard other players say this exact same thing. Um, and it was obviously a topic of conversation with the Yankees um, and their their clubhouse. But I would bet a decent sum of money um, that both of them would get vaccinated if that scenario were to occur, occur, meaning that they would question their quote unquote values or whatever this is coming from, which, again, they have their right to hold, but they would. Again, I, I want to be very clear from my perspective. I would expect them to go back on those if the stakes were high enough. And that is the part that I just don't understand. Um, yeah. And I'll caveat that even more. I'm clearly not a professional baseball player. There's nothing in my professional life that will have the weight of a World Series championship on it. Obviously, like nobody's watching me do my job like we are them. Um, so, I'll, you know, I'll, I'll give them credit and everything like that. Um, but I can only be so empathetic and 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 kind of thinking that out. And, uh, you know, uh, other than yeah. that, I, I think as far as like the responsibility for the fans is to I, I think we can give them as much uh, shit about this as we feel comfortable and, you know, kind of get the season back rolling after the game on Wednesday. Um, yeah, but the, the I mean, it's like everything. Everything's got to be politicized and everything's got to be life or death. I, I don't think that any of that is necessary. But I can absolutely judge somebody for a personal choice that they're making. That's, yeah, I mean, that's, that's our right. Just like it's their right to not take the shot. It's our right to consider them, um, you know, short-sighted, which yeah. is part of the frustrating thing about this is that, um, you know, there are legitimate reasons for people to not get vaccinated. And I want to make sure that, like, you know, we say that there there are doctor-recommended reasons not to. Sure. And if your doctor has recommended that you not for any number of reasons, absolutely don't take the precaution, do what you need to do to be safe, whatever. Um, 
every indication from uh, Goldschmidt and Arenado is that that is not the case here. Uh, they have bought into whatever conspiracy theory they're believing about the uh, repercussions of the uh, vaccine that now billions of people have had for over a year. Um, so, you know, like I uh, reporting said that Arenado is not taking it because he wants to start a family soon, which means he believes the conspiracy theory that it impacts male fertility, which is yeah. not true. Right. Um, I don't know what uh, Goldschmidt, uh, you know, he said he's done his own research and consulted with many doctors. Um, I would love to know what research that was that was more thorough than the, uh, you know, multiple scientific studies across the entire world have indicated. But uh, and, so, you know, uh, I think yeah. it's it's a good time to remember and, uh, you know, you can make fun of Paul Goldschmidt. You can make fun of Jim Edmonds. You can make fun of many all star, fantastic athletes um, for their lack of uh, intelligence. Like th these guys. <laughs> yeah. These guys are not paid to think they're paid to hit ball hard. And I know that's extremely reductive. Um, and, and I, I, I yeah, love these guys. I love watching them. You know, I think anybody who watches these teams, uh, the Cardinals like we do, you feel a certain amount of kinship or a relationship, even though it is obviously one sided. Right. Um, it's hard not to care, right? It's hard not to care yeah. about how these people conduct themselves. And I think, again, like it should go back to you as a fan. You should you can harbor whatever feelings you have about that kind of thing. And if Nate and I, maybe we've lost a couple of ticks for these guys, but that, you know, that's our right, too. And you don't need to no one on Twitter needs to gatekeep the way that you or they feel about <laughs> X player. Um, I, you know, I think yeah. obviously it's very different because it affects people in a different way. But to bring, you know, pick on Jim Edmonds, like we could just as well sit here and make fun of him for his low moral decisions that he makes with his <laughs> ex-wife and being on TMZ and all those weird things. So like, I don't yeah. know, like, of course we could do that, but as long as you're not hurting anybody, I think it's, that's all fine and dandy, right? Yeah. Well, I, yeah, that's what I, that, that whole mindset of, um, you don't have the right to have an opinion on this because they have the right to have an opinion on this is yeah. uh, a is a frustrating point of view. So I think yeah, we've made I'll, our uh, yeah. Oh yeah, on. and I, I was I think we we're along the same lines. We, I don't think we need to talk about that anymore. I do think that there was there was a little added. It's just the current. I mean, it's been hard to watch the team. Hasn't been great right before the All-Star break coming out of the All-Star break. This news comes out and then essentially while this news is mid-flight, uh, we find out that Steven Matz, who just came back off the IL, tore his MCL on a play that made absolutely no sense. So I think, you know, Cardinals fans are on on a bitter bo Boulevard or whatever you want to call it. Yeah. And it's, you know, if you want to <laughs> yeah, scream, we're on, <laughs> we're on bitter Boulevard. Yeah, <laughs> I'm on uh, I'm I'm in Cantankerous County right now. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Um, that's, maybe that'll be the first talking about birds T-shirt. <laughs> um, so I think like everyone should kind of take a step back and maybe realize we were all little fed up with the team at this particular time. Yeah. And it's probably not any one individual's fault, but, uh, everything that's kind of been happening just has not been going yeah. well. And if you know, you know, like I just said, then you find out your two superstars aren't going for a, a little two game series in Canada and you're like, come on, we just need yeah something to break the right way right now. Right. Well, hey, you know, flip side, shout out to uh, Johan Oviedo, who, um, you know, I, I I will give him the benefit of the doubt because I think it's the Cardinals organization's 
from what I understand, they have an, a person whose entire job is to make sure everyone's passports are in line. And, right. but from what I also understand that a Cuban passport is incredibly complicated and can take yes. months and they had been working on it all year, like for this and they thought they'd get it done, but they weren't able to. So Oviedo went through great lengths to, uh, he, he went to multiple different cities and, and a bunch of different things in order to be there for the two games. So kind of the anti, uh, well, Goldschmidt and Arenado. <laughs> And I don't have the quote in front of me, but he kind of went on to he threw a little bit of side shade at, at Arenado and Goldie um, about, you know, doing anything it takes to be there for that series and be there for the team and so on and so forth. Um, I bet I, I can't imagine that this doesn't impact the the internal perspective of of those two guys for the team. Now, it's probably not going to matter to that too much because they're the yeah. two best players on the team and they'll make up for it with home runs and great plays and whatnot. But but still, like. If you're well, Tyler O'Neill, who was skeptical of it and got the shot last year, yeah. like, you know, you got to be a little at, bit like, come on, guys. As a Cardinals fan and somebody who wants to see them do well, I really hope, hopefully, Goldie and Nato do something nice, cater a, a dinner or something like that, and kind of everybody sits down and, and they get all warm and fuzzy and we move on from this because it'd be really frustrating to see the Cardinals kind of like lose the clubhouse mid-flight here um, when the season's kind of in balance, but I don't think that's yeah. going to happen. I think everybody's going to get along, be happy and, and hopefully, uh, make some trades and some good things will happen. Yeah. So let's talk about that injured list. Um, the, uh, oh, yeah. one other thing before we moved on, I wanted to say shout out Buck Martinez. Uh, it was his yesterday, the Tuesday game with the Cardinals was his first game back. He's the, uh, analyst for the blue Jays and one of my favorite announcers on the TV side, I watch a lot of Blue Jays games just for him. Um, he he got diagnosed with cancer in April. So shout out Buck Martinez. He's awesome. Happy to yeah. see him back. Yeah, that was great. Um, well, you you mentioned the the Mats thing. I mean, what a bummer. Like, he, you know, he, he's supposed to be a big part of the rotation this year. Has not been, but felt like he was coming back. He was the having his best start as a Cardinal. Yeah. And the thing the Cardinals need the most is innings. And he's like exactly that Um, of all the guys that are on the IL for the Cardinals. You're like, he's the guy who can come back and, and and give you innings and hopefully quality innings. Um, And that's exactly what it looked like. We were getting back feeling good. And then, um, yeah, it's hard to judge a guy in the moment, you know, see ball, get ball, catch ball, you know, their, their lizard brains are just like going into full, uh, reaction in that moment, but like, uh, that, and, and I'm I sure, know. you know, Matt's probably wants to prove that he's a gamer. He's there for the team. He's probably, he's probably thinking like, I'm coming out here to, I'm back with the team. I'm, I I'm here. I'm here for this final stretch. I'll give you everything I got. And then, yeah, if you hadn't seen the play, Matt's Matt's was cruising. Like his sinker was just looking fantastic. And he's got a lot of people just standing there still, um, and there's, you know, a fastball on the inside corner, um, striking them out. It, it was very, very impressive. Uh, anyways, a small dribbler that goes up the line. Goldie kind of has a read on it. Matt's kind of springs over, jumps on it. His, he lost the footing on his inside ankle and that kind of slipped and they fell awkwardly on his outside ankle. Um, I thought it was an ankle injury originally, but it turns out it was the MCL knee. Um, and it was completely torn. Ali Marmal came out. Uh, I think it was today, the day that we're recording on Wednesday. And he said that they're going to basically let it chill out for a couple of weeks and do some testing. And if it doesn't respond well, it's going to be surgery. If it surgery happens, that's the end of the season for Matt. So yeah, kind of scary. Um, 
really not good. If, if it is gone, I mean, MCLs are MCLs, right? That's a, that's a scary injury. I think that unfortunately we need to prepare ourselves for, you know, Matt's 2023 and, and for some pitching quickly. Most likely thing at this point is that he doesn't pitch again this year, which is disappointing and layers on the, the problem that the Cardinals already had. He was hopefully going to be one part of the solution, including, you know, some sort of additions, which we'll talk about later. Um, but obviously that's not there anymore. I wonder if this is one of those things that might've happened anyway, if it was weekend and this bad play just jarred it, or if this is truly like a freak accident, we'll never know. Um, but, but anyway, so huge bummer. Um, it adds to the need for the Cardinals to get a, uh, a starter or two or three. Um, it also, I think it, lowers the floor on what kind of starter we could get that would help us if that makes sense like suddenly Patrick Corbin actually is a, a is a legitimate improvement for this rotation well, and not just like a uh, John Lester from 2021 I I think it changes the conversation we'll talk trades uh trade deadline a little bit later but I think it changes the conversation from the Cardinals really really should get somebody to they they don't really have a ch- an option now uh, with Jack being where he is. Matt's being where he is. You you just have to. The innings are yeah. not there right now. Yeah, I mean, they're risking further, not just bad play, but further injury by exposing yeah. these guys for longer than they should. Um, overusing your bullpen. It, I mean, they they do not currently have like even a four man rotation. <laughs> you know, like what do you what do you do when you only have just a couple starters that you can rely on to go more than three or four yeah. innings. Um, I know they're stretching out uh, Thompson and Libertor again to down in the minors to, to, to bring them back. We're seeing Hicks get multiple innings, but that hasn't really been that great so far. So um, seems required. But before we get into uh, like trades and, and trade deadline stuff, uh, we're going to do that. We have some good break. news. We do have some IL stuff that is more fun. Ben, why don't you take it? Let's talk about that. Yeah, thank God. Okay, Yachty. We have Yachty news. Yachty is on his way back. Um, The expected return for him right now is August 2nd. So that's, what is that, five days from when we're recording right now, which uh, is great. Um, Knee inflammation appears to be good. Now it's really just getting back in baseball shape. I'm guessing they're planning the next Wainwright start. So Wainwright starts today. And I'm I'm thinking they're going to go for like the next Wayno start will be his first start back. Yeah, and I think Cardinal fans probably know this, but the you know the the tune up games in the minors, nobody's going to be paying attention to the results. It's just making sure that his knee responds well, making sure yeah. that he gets getting back into playing mode, um, all that kind of thing. But that'll be very welcome. I don't expect him to be a huge statistical boon for the Cardinals, but having him back and having some more leadership and just kind of hopefully just. I mean, Kinzer is just, he's just hard to watch at this point. The offense is so bad. And I think we've seen the framing be where it is. And it's just, the more we see him, unfortunately, the worse it looks. It, uh, it just is not going the right way. So even getting old man Yachty back there is going to be an improvement for the team. If you're going to have a mediocre to bad catcher, might as well let it be Yachty. You know, at least he's got that great smile. He got the smile. At least he can frame pitches and call a hell of a game like that. Those skills have not eroded. Um, And he's just he's paying attention um, in a way. We saw Kinzer had a really rough play over the weekend where the uh, it was the Reds did a double steal. Um, They had a guy on first and a guy on third. 
They went for the double steal. Kinzer didn't even look the guy on third back. The guy just runs home. Kinzer throws to second base and they score a run, um, which is something that just Yachty does not let happen because he's yeah. paying attention. The game awareness. Um, Yachty has thought about every possible outcome before they've happened and has a internalized game plan for exactly what he's going to do at any moment. Yeah, it's, he's almost like a like a Mintat in Zo- uh, Dune. His eyes roll back yeah. into his head and calculating, <laughs> and then boom, the action happens. I have noticed that he, he has crazy blue eyes. <laughs> so wait, is he? Isn't uh, that Mintat? No, they're the human computers. You're you're thinking of the uh, oh, I, how, I'm I've only the, I, I, the, the I people seen, that live I on Arrakis, Arakian. Yeah. Okay. A Fremen, oh, yeah. A Fremen. Jeez. The Fremen oh, have the blue eyes. Yeah. Because of all the spice. They're addicted. So I haven't, I haven't seen the movie yet, actually. Read the book. Is, I did read the book. That's what I Watch read it. movie. Uh, <laughs> I've only read the book. I read it, uh, like, basically, I read it in January. And I was like, let's okay. go see the movie. And then I didn't. And now I'm waiting because I might be getting a new TV soon. And I think the new Dune is going to be the first movie I watch on the new TV. Dude, you're getting a Dune. Um, it could. <laughs> oh, boo. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I thought that was decent, but we'll get back to the IL update. Dude, you're um, getting a Dune? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Harrison Bader, uh, who's been out for a while with uh, right foot plantar fasciitis, Um is he is in Toronto. Uh, so that's good news. It does not look like he's actually going to start. Um, it has been stop and go with that, but I, I think that we're actually seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. It seems like he is going to play the walking boot is off. Um, it's really just comes down to like some baseball activity tests. So, uh, that will be huge. I think we've all been really happy with Dylan Carlson in center field, but I think it'll be great to have that, you know, with, uh, Tyler O'Neill finally being healthy having those three guys playing the outfield for a series or two is going to be fantastic to watch. Um, and hopefully Bader kind of hits the ground running. We all know what he can do when he's feeling good and healthy. Um, and then I'll yeah, do a quick, I, uh, I had seen there was a little bit of a setback on Bader though. Is that, am I? So originally, that? He, originally he was supposed to start yesterday. That was the original plan is his first game back was going to be in Toronto. Um, and yeah, it's, you know, we've talked about this several times since the plantar fasciitis popped up. It's just, lingering it's just not going away like it needs to be there's inflammation yeah. they're working on it um so they've pushed it back a couple of days waiting till they come back stateside although he is with the team um so we're feeling good about that uh very yeah. very hopeful that again it won't be the wednesday night game but hopefully the the next series and and we'll see him back in in the red and white um and then just a quick rundown on some people that we don't have any <laughs> you didn't like that that we don't have any uh comeback times on yet we got drew verhagen um drew ver hardly know him nate's favorite <laughs> you are on fire today this is uh <laughs> you're feeling quippy um he's drew got ver hardly those, knew him <laughs> he's got one of those uh impingements or whatever um, isn't that it's yeah. like the, the muscle rubbing on the muscle or something weird like that? Uh, he has no expected return date. And honestly, I, I might be ready to just full, hit the full eject button on the Drew Verhagen experiment. It has just gone so poorly. Every time you think he's going to go well, he gives up a monster bomb. Uh, yeah, don't love that. Uh, That's why Dakota we call Hunt. him Drew Ver hardly knew him. <laughs> you got paid at least. So good yep. for him. 
Uh, Dakota Hudson, we found out after his start, uh, I think we talked about this last week, but he had neck strain coming out of that Dodgers start. Uh, that is progressing somewhat. Um, they're looking at inflammation shots, all that, all that kind of thing. No return date yet. And Juan Yepes still ha- dealing with a right uh, forearm strain. Again, TBD, we don't know on that, although very hopeful. Um, we talked about this last week when we were doing our Heroes and Hatchlings, kind of catching up on the on the production, and he's fallen off. But I still think, I think we both agree with this. Like, he he's there's life in that bat. He'll turn it around, and he's still a big league player. Um, now, that being said, he might be a national here soon, or, a, uh, <laughs> or uh, I mean, any number of other teams' players. He yeah. seems kind of like a guy that would make a lot of sense to move. But, uh, yeah, no news on him yet. Yeah. Well, I think we said it last week, but, you know, standard 24 year old thing, right? Break into the league, the the skills that got you to the league show pretty quickly um, and then the league adjusts and you struggle. And then the the good players adjust to that adjustment and their career continues to flourish. And then some guys, they don't. Unfortunately, he had an injury right in the middle of where we're going to find out if he's able to make that adjustment or not. But I think we both have seen, uh, you know, he you have to make a lot of adjustments to get through the minors. And I think that those we were starting to see it a little bit from him anyway. So I think the skills are there and he's a big league hitter Um, to what quality and what degree. You know, we'll find out or maybe the Nationals or whoever will find out what I do expect, though, soon is that um, either by trade or just by this injury, um, I think his roster spot or at least his use on the team is going to be replaced or at least tested out by Alec Burleson soon, who continues to rake in Triple A. Unless, of course, Alec Burleson is traded yeah, <laughs> and and we keep Yepes. I don't know. But I think yeah. we might see the Burleson show here soon. Well, and I think what sticks out with the Burleson and why I think that makes a lot of sense is just the way the power has kind of come in recently. Right. Um, I think he's got I'm going to look it up right now, but I think he's got like 19 home runs. Um, yeah. Which is wasn't really like a huge part of his game. Uh, I'll correct that. It's 17 at triple A. Uh, yeah, so pretty still, good. I mean, pretty good power. He's slugging over 500. That, that was a bit of a surprise to me. So, yeah, I mean, not only uh, everything you just said, I agree with, but also he's like an actual outfielder where Yepes is really more of a corner infielder. Um, so you'd have to think that there's a bit of an upgrade there, too, um, especially with the injuries that have been affecting the outfield. It makes a lot of sense. So on, on board with all of that. Hopefully he's like Corey Dickerson, yeah. but um, effective. <laughs> It seems like he's going to get a shot either with us or some other team one way or another pretty yeah, soon. I, I, I think, think so. like that chain of um, like Gorman, Yepes, Burleson, um, like that is three of your best trade chips. And so uh, one way or another, whether it's for Soto, well, three of your whoever. trade trips, trade chips that you would actually be willing to trade. Yeah. As yeah, Walker and yeah. Win are the. They're the, they're the prize. Well, these are the guys that you're putting into the trade that are like that, that juice it to agreement, right? It um, gets the deal across the line. Yeah. Well, but Gorman's, you know, I wouldn't necessarily put Gorman in that an equal footing to Yepes and Burleson, but um, no, no, but uh, Gorman, I would put closer to like the win and, and yeah. Walker, but well, let's, let's talk about that. So I think we're, we're good on the injuries, um, you know, some key pieces may be coming back and some still big unknowns. Um, so we're going to talk about the, the trade deadline, the more fun thing to talk about of the last week than what we just spent 40 minutes talking about. But before we do that, 
we're going to take a moment to remind everybody that this show is supported on Patreon. If you love the show, or if you even just kind of like it, but want to support us, want to see it grow, uh, consider joining our Patreon. Subscribers at any level get access to our private Discord server. We call it the Bird Scored. Having a lot of fun in there. We did our home run derby draft. Um, you know, it's 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 a slowly growing community. We'd love to have you be a part of it. Um, and shout out to our our current Bird Scored uh, members. Our uh, our friend who asked the question about a perfect trip to St. Louis is doing that soon. So we're really looking forward to uh, to hearing how that goes. Hopefully our recommendations were good and <laughs> we didn't set them up for a hellish weekend in, in St. Louis. Um, and hey, if you uh, you know aren't able or comfortable supporting through Patreon, um, consider leaving us a review on your favorite podcast platform. It helps and it makes us happy. So uh, thank you for everyone who has supported us in any way that you have. Uh, ben, where can people find us online? Yeah, make sure to follow us on Twitter at TalkAboutBirds. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram at TalkingAboutBirds. Uh, and of course, as always, you can email us at TalkAboutBirds at gmail.com. Uh, once again, I encourage you to pry into Nate's inner life um, that is not baseball related outside of this podcast trying to think i mean i think you got a lot of fodder just ask him about swimming in the lake obviously a big fan of the lake um obviously no, likes to uh the pass his personal take... responsibility on the strangers. lake took my belongings away from me uh me and nate were before we started recording the pod we were talking about what we we're gonna smoke on the lake of the ozarks weekend so he, he's very passionate about smoking meats and sous vide meats and uh preparing various meats for consumption um, I know he made himself a nice, nice steak dinner last night. Um, shout mm -hmm. out. Happy birthday, Molly. Um, and yeah, that that should be all. I think that's all I got right now. Yes. For Molly's birthday, I made myself a nice steak dinner. Yeah. And you threw her um, a sirloin on the <laughs> ground and said, eat it. Yeah. Undercooked. <laughs> uh, she likes it that way. Uh, <laughs> Monster. <laughs> it's actually true. Um, all right. So uh, trade deadline. We really are in no different place than we were last week when the Soto story started to break. Yeah. Um, other than that, it seems like that the trade partners have narrowed and the Cardinals interest is real. Yeah. We didn't really know that a week ago. Um, there was there was a story that the Cardinals were preparing an offer. Um and at this point, we are we are still, of course, it's it's all rumors, but there have been some differing stories. Some have said the Cardinals have moved on. Others have said, no, it's down to names at this point, which is uh, a, a late stage of trade talks. The, the most yeah. recent buzzy rumor is that uh, the Cardinals and Nationals are working on a trade that's centered around Nolan Gorman and Dylan Carlson for uh, Soto. And I, I do think it would also include either a Walker or a win, even if you get both Gorman and Carlson. So let's say we look at something like Gorman, Carlson, win, and hence. How do you feel about that for, for two well, and a half years of Juan Soto? So I, I've thought about this every day since we recorded the episode and, and it is, you know, we talked about, this is just going to 
any baseball fan, this is going to encompass their entire conversation of the way they're thinking about baseball until it's resolved. And where I found myself, Nate, is they just need to get it done. Um, now, I think if, if if that is what it comes to, I still think that that's fine. I don't know if it's going to cost that much. I think the big question is the Corbin of it all. Is he going to be included? There have been conflicting reports on whether or not he's going to be included. Um, and I got a quote here from Jeff Passan, who's who's obviously been covering this as well. Um, and rival executives are saying that it's completely asinine and ridiculous. The essentially the asking price for Juan Soto. So yeah. let's say right now before the trade deadline, uh, and I'm pretty resolute in the thought that Rizzo wants to get this deal done before the trading deadline. I, we talked about the external factors about the the learner selling the team and all that last week. Um, so. I, they're they're asking for about 125, 130% of Juan Soto's value right now. I expect that to go down a little bit. Um, so I think that, or, or all that to be said, I've kind of come to the point where there's almost no trade the Cardinals could make that I think would be a bad call. I think if you're, uh, if Gorman is the centerpiece of the trade, I think that makes a lot of sense. And while I think we all love to see those Gorman bombs, the problem with him is, is that he doesn't really have a defensive home. Obviously not a great second baseman. He's been more than serviceable, but you look at the nationals, he'd slide into third base for the foreseeable future um, and, and start there on a regular basis. And that makes a lot of sense for them. It just doesn't make a lot of sense for the Cardinals with Nolan Arenado and Paul Goldschmidt, like forcing a now, corner infielder to be a middle infielder is just not yeah. going to work. Um, not going to work or there is value to be had, I guess is, is what I'm getting at. So I think that yeah. that makes a lot of sense to have him be the center of it. I think including Juan Yepes would make a lot of sense. And I would guess just because of the way that the Cardinals farm system is loaded, it, it would be a prospect heavy package. Um, but I want to come back to saying that I think the Cardinals should do it. You look at his projection projections over the next Two and a half years, um, assuming health, obviously, for all the players involved. He is, uh, according to the Zips projections, which take that for whatever you want. It's just the projection system that I want to use to have this conversation. He should be the second most valuable player in baseball, second to only Fernando Tatis, who we all know has lots of injury problems, injury history, and I would say is... is uh, Probably a good bet that he doesn't live up to that just because of what he's been doing, the motorcycles he's been riding. So to round that thought off, you're trading for projected to be better than Mike Trout, better than Shohei Otani, better than any player you can think of in baseball over the next two and a half years. And hey, if the Cardinals make an offer at him after that, you know, 10, 400 or something like that, I'd be all for that. Uh, whatever that deal looks like, 10, 450, maybe is probably a more accurate number. Um, but I think it just makes sense. This somebody, some, I, I didn't, I didn't coin this, but somebody said it on Twitter or, or it's people are talking about it. Juan Soto is a unicorn. If you have an opportunity to get a unicorn, grab it. If Walker turns out to be a stud, if, if Gorman turns out to be a stud, all these things, you just can't predict it. I think of this Randall Gritchick was drafted one pick before Mike Trout. Right. And we, I know that's kind of a punchline. But I say that to illustrate the fact that you don't know what these guys are going to be. We know exactly what Juan Soto is going to be. And that is a Hall of Fame player. That is the track that he's on. Obviously, you know, he could get hit by a bus or his mm -hmm. ankle could fall off or whatever. Right. But as Ow. the information is right now, it just makes sense. 
And if you have yeah, an opportunity you, to get somebody like this, you get somebody like this. You don't have to go very far uh, in far back in any list to see just how rarely top prospects actually break in the way that you want them to. Um, you know, shout out to Jared Kellenick crushing it in AAA for the Mariners right now. You know, he <laughs> uh, t- top prospect can't miss face going to be the face of the Mariners. And now, you know, everyone's hoping he comes up and is able to produce, let alone be a, a, an all-star. Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, it, the list is Reynaldo Lopez, who was the big part of, he was the, the, uh, when the Nats were, tra- or the, sorry, when the Red Sox were trading for, uh, I Chris can't Sale. remember ex- for Chris Sale. Yeah. That was the trade. Yeah. He was him and Yohan Moncada were the centerpiece of it. Reynaldo Lopez is kind of a middling reliever and, uh, Yohan, uh, is, a is like a fine third baseman. Like you just, yeah. even though the, like it just, it's too unpredictable. Soto is a known quantity. Yeah. It's, we said it last week, but it's kind of like trading for Albert pools in like 2004, right? Yeah. Like what would you give up on your team to trade for Albert pools in 2004? Uh, pretty much anything and everything. Right. right. And let it like, but the Cardinals would never trade Albert Pools. No team would ever trade. No team would ever really consider trading Juan Soto, except for this really strange blend of circumstances that have yeah. resulted in Juan Soto being available for two and a half seasons. And, and you know, in a bit, of, a bit of not this is bad news for baseball. Uh, but you know, we talked uh, last week. I said that I would probably put my money on the Padres getting them, him over the Cardinals. Mackenzie Gore is hurt right now. Um, and that doesn't mean you can't trade him, but I wonder if that changes the nationals and Rizzo's, you know, calculus over there. Like, do we trade for this high end prospect who is currently injured and hope that he gets better? Or do we go for this position player package that the Cardinals are presenting? I mean, that seems easy to me. Also, just, we know pitchers break down. Um, so if you're going to trade your hall of fame player, maybe go with position players who are you know, we were just talking about the variability, but less variability with position players than there are pitchers. It makes sense. Um, yeah, but it well, obviously well, depends on what Rizzo is looking at. Gorman and Carlson make a lot of sense to me for the type of guys that uh, the Nationals should be looking for, because while they haven't, you know, Carlson in particular, we haven't seen his uh, it really come together. Um, he is still obviously incredibly young. He's Juan Soto's age. and. Right. Um, we've seen the flashes and you can see why like he was so highly touted and you could see that it, you know, maybe what he's been doing for the last month and a half, if he does this for a couple more months, you're like, Oh shit, Carlson actually has arrived and is, is fantastic. And Gorman even younger looks like a true big league power hitter. Um, and that uncertainty of like a Jordan Walker or a Mason Wynn or like a Kellenic or a Reynaldo or Yone, all these guys that hadn't actually done it at the big leagues. Um, you know, I, I can see why they w- would be going for more big league players. And I'd be surprised if they want to trade for an already broken pitching prospect. Yeah. Um, I, I think the only thing that the Cardinals, what I would be looking to avoid if I was the Cardinals would be avoid trading uh, Libertor or Thompson. Because yeah. I, I think like, obviously, if you can get a generational player, you get a genera- generational player. Um, but they are still focused on this year. And it's hard for me to think of like, uh, or I think that that ex- obviously you now have a lineup of Soto, Arenado, Goldschmidt, O'Neill, uh, you know, Edmund, 
uh, Bader. Like w- what a what a crazy lineup. Yeah. But you've made the worst part of your team even worse. Even though Libertor and Thompson haven't necessarily been contributing right now, like they are in the wings and and likely able to contribute. And you've only made that problem worse. So I I would like to see maybe like because there's a lot of rumors where Libertor or Thompson are included in those deals. And I think ideally the Cardinals can go one step down and look at like a Tink Hence, uh, someone who's a couple years away and yeah. have that be the pitching part of the trade and not your like guys you kind of need right now. Yeah, I think, you know, ideally, and we'll see obviously what they're what they're interested in. But if you take that pool of pitchers, McGreevy, Tink Hence, um, Graceffo, uh, Thompson and Libertor. If you lose one of those guys with a, a, a package of position players, I think you're fine with yeah. that. Um, to well, lose now any we've more got than Jerpy. That yeah. yeah. Jerpy well, we should can. slot right into that, into that like group of kind of ready to contribute guys. We kind of joked about this last week, but it wouldn't be, it wouldn't shock me at all to see Jerpy be a part of this. Um, everyone's yeah. scouting. Everyone has the information that they have on him. He's pretty much untouched uh, by any org. So it'd be like just getting another draft pick. Um, so I, I don't yeah. think that that's out of the question either. I would not be shocked to hear that. It, uh, but it really comes down to what what Rizzo and team are looking for. And uh, I don't know, like, but it sounds like we're on the same page. They should get it yeah. done. Obviously, I think rules, you don't just give them all of your team, all of no. your prospects, but get it done in a reasonable sense. Yeah. Go- well, like Gorman and Carlson, both of their ceilings together, like equal like a, a standard one Soto season, well, you know, yeah, he's projected almost eight F four next year. And I would say if Gorman and Carlson both put up four war seasons next year, we would be like ecstatic about that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah. You're, you're looking at two high quality players in one. That's how valuable right. Soto is. And he just seems like a cool, fun dude, you know, and the well, Cardinals need more of that. <laughs> and I think what's scary is how young he is. Typically these types right. of hitters don't hit their prime until they're, you know, 26, 27, 28. Um, and with his eye, um, well, like, that's what, that's part of these in crazy part about it is he, he very likely still has better seasons ahead of him. And yeah. he's been, uh, in top 10 MVP voting. I think every year he's been in the majors and, you know, like some of these zips projections, you know, you're looking at nearly 50 bombs over 400, uh obp it's it's insane i mean yeah there's there's a reason why the nats are uh even though their leverage is a really weird spot because everyone knows they want to trade them um they should be asking for a ridiculous return because it's ridiculous that they're even trading him it is and it sucks it sucks for nats fans but uh maybe they'll get a package of all of our favorite prospects um so outside of that you know, I, I'm in full agreement with you, by the way. Just get it done. I Even if it includes Liberator and Thompson, I'll be like, well, that maybe could have been a more ideal trade, but like whatever. They, yeah. they There's no such thing as a pitching prospect. So uh, speaking of pitching, though, I, it still doesn't seem likely to me that the Cardinals trade for Soto, even though it's becoming more of a likely thing. The thing that is going to happen, I think, for sure, is the Cardinals are going to acquire a starting pitcher, if yeah. not two. Um, and I think it really comes down to the Soto trade will likely impact the the quality of that person. Because if you do get Soto, you've just dumped pretty much, <laughs> if not all well, of your uh, uh, your you know I, your prospects. You don't want to trade any more of them. <laughs> like if you do manage to hold on to a win, you're not trading him now then for another pitcher, yeah. right? 
And I'm going to make a prediction right now, and I'm going to say the Soto deal gets done a day or two before the trading deadline. I think that it is one of those deals that is just the Nats are not going to be one one are not going to want to be up against the deadline. They're going to want to be able to make the decision they want to make, make a, as good of a trade as they can possibly make. So I'm hopeful if let's say the Cardinals do get this done in the next day or so, a couple of days, um, then they yeah. have a chance to focus. And what's interesting is the the pitching trading market. It seems to just keep growing and growing and growing. Uh, some, you know, I, I think there's some high end arms out there. We already talked about Luis Castillo. I think that that's probably a long shot just because of the added complexity of the uh, interdivision trades, which we talked about last week. Owners just don't like being a part of because of the kind of I think the pain, the watch pain that exists in that. Um, but uh, to re- T- Tarek uh, Skubal, his name is hard to say. Tarek Skubal, I had to look yeah. up the pronunciation on Baseball Reference, um, has recently become available. I think that he is incredible. Um, I think that he'll probably cost a lot, not as much as Soto, of course, but I, I think he's probably out of the realm of possibility. Montas still in um, play. I think that that is probably a likely place for the Cardinals to go. Uh, something I tweeted before we started recording is I was kind of poking around and looking for pitchers that I thought made sense. And I, I want to hear your reaction to this is J- going for Jake Odorizzi um, with the Astros. The Astros have six big league starters right now. Lance McCullers is coming back in a couple of weeks uh, and they have a really good uh, prospect whose name is slipping my mind right now. That is basically knocking on the big league door. So they have eight big league starters. I think you can get Jake Odorizzi for a pretty reasonable price, probably a position player or two. I don't know. Yeah, I my only skepticism of that, because I think yeah, Odorizzi has been tied to the Cardinals uh, multiple different times. And I just a team that's in contention, a team that is uh, playing for a World Series is rarely trading starting pitching depth, even if they have it and and they, you know, they have other needs. I'd be really surprised if the if the Astros decide to move him just because him in the bullpen might be helpful for their playoff run, or uh, you never know what could happen in the last two months, and they probably will hold on to him. Um, but hey, if you can, I think he's a reasonable target. Um, however, I don't, I don't know if you saw. Um, uh, I, I saw your tweet, and a a uh, I guess Astros fan who created their account in the last like two days said, "God, please take him." Please. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, and my response, know, that- my response back to that is, of course, you say that when you have Framber, you have Framber Valdez, Justin Verlander, who's probably going to win another Cy Young, Jose Urquidy, Luis Garcia, and Christian Javier are the six starters ahead of that. All of those guys have ERAs under four. All of them strike out a ton of people. Um, yeah. Christian Javier's having a ridiculous season, striking out over 12 per nine. Of course you say that, but we like we talked about, you know, we're talking about uh, uh, Corbin being an upgrade for the Cardinals. We're talking about Keuchel being an up like the Astros worst starting pitcher would be a huge help to this current starting rotation. So I hear that and I'm not expecting uh, Jake Odorizzi to come in and start game one of the World Series or anything like that, but I think he can be got um, and he's performing just fine. Yeah. Well, he would be an improvement. Absolutely. Again, yeah. almost anyone would be an improvement at this point. Um, <laughs> God. I, I I think the Scooble is <laughs> the Scooble. Uh, I think the Scooble take is unlikely. Um, yeah. I, I, I don't 
I don't know if we've talked about it on the show, but apparently the Marlins now who have a have an interesting depth of possibilities are saying they're trading anyone not named Sandy Alcantara. So, uh, you know, I've seen Pablo Lopez uh, thrown out as as a possibility, but I I think you're paying almost as much for him as you're going to pay for Soto, right? I I wonder what that price looks. The good thing is, you know, exactly what the Marlins need, and that's position players. They need bats. So depending, obviously, on what happens with Soto, Juan Yepes to the Marlins, I'm not saying that that gets the deal done, but that makes a lot of sense for a lot of reasons. I, they just there, need hitters. Yeah, there was a ru- there's a rumor again, you know, we're all everything here is speculation, of course, but there was a rumor that the Marlins would take a starting center fielder for uh, Pablo Lopez. So, yeah. w- you know, would you do Carlson straight up for Pablo Lopez? I think, uh, yes, I would. Uh, I will caveat that with I am a very, very big Pablo Lopez fan. I have been for yeah. a while. Um, he's, he's somebody I target in fantasy. He is somebody who I like watching. I love he kind of has he doesn't have anything super flashy, but he can spot his fastball really well. And his changeup is a plus plus pitch. Um, he's also just a smart person. I think that just the like his game planning and the way that he goes about pitching is very, very impressive. Yeah. Um, and it doesn't hurt that he's like, he, he is, it doesn't hurt that he's like six, five, two forty, and built like a, a God, you know, he, he looks yeah. the part and all that. Um, so I, I would love that. Um, but yeah, I do, I do yeah. think you're right. I, I think it's probably expensive. Does Carlson get it done? Maybe. Um, yeah, but yeah, they seem to know. be able to develop pitching pretty effectively down there. Although Trevor Rogers, who was like their big guy is having a really horrible year. So yeah. who knows what that's about, but, um, yeah, I uh, the other options out there, I a lot of people are are there's a lot of trade packages being floated around for Luis Castillo. Right or wrong, I truly don't think the Cardinals are going to trade a bunch of big time prospects to the Reds. Um, just or, doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. And when you have these other options, like would you rather dump some of your best players to the Reds for Luis Castillo or some of your best players to the Marlins for Pablo Lopez? You're going Lopez every day. Yeah, um, my, same for for Scooble. My my prediction is Castillo is going to be a Yankee, um, and yeah. we'll get Volpe for him, and uh, we'll have to watch that guy terrorize us. Well, for I six don't years. want that to happen. <laughs> <laughs> That's that is my prediction. And it's going to be sad because then he's going to have to cut his dreads and his beard. Um, so we'll get to see what a different Luis Castillo. Will uh, they make him like. cut his dreads too? They do. You have to have, you have to have short hair. High and tight. Okay. Yeah. And I, not I necessarily would... high and tight, but uh, I don't know if you remember when Johnny Damon got traded, he like had a, Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and a mustache <laughs> looked like a psycho. I've always wondered what would happen if some player got traded and just said, no, you know, what would they do? I think, I think most players just, embrace it because it's become a thing for the Yankees and it doesn't yeah. really matter. You know, you're playing for like the most, the biggest team of all time, basically. Right. So whatever. Um, but it's not like an actual rule. It's something that they all just do. Yeah. It's a policy or whatever. Yeah. I do. Th- I think that it's becoming a Yankee is such a like kid in a candy store for a professional baseball player. They're just so elated to be on like the franchise. But yeah, yeah. I'd be curious, like, if you thought if anybody was going to do it, it's going to be Odor, who's uh, very, very attached to his beard. But he he <laughs> shaved it and was, yeah. you know, I, I think I think, like I said, I think it's just the oh, I'm a Yankee. Yeah. Whatever you say, boss. Yeah. Yeah. And whatever it does, you know, doesn't really matter that much. But uh, it is so, weird. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
Paul Blackburn, athletics, you know, kind of lesser of the two between Montes and Blackburn, but at least Blackburn is healthy and giving innings. Yeah. So I don't know. A lot of options. I We're not really drawing any conclusions here. I, I, I'll say, too, um, we have perfect timing on this. The trade deadline is in four days, and our next episode is four days after that. So or is three days after that. So like we're right at the sweet spot of misinformation as far yeah. as like what's going to actually happen. So we'll be keeping an eye on it and, you know, we'll be uh, on Twitter and we're talking if, if anything major happens, we're talking about doing sort of like a bonus in the moment episode that we'll throw in the feed uh, if anything yeah. big time happens. Yeah. And I, I think really quick, I'll just throw out a couple more names before we move on. Um, I still think catching help would be an interesting thing. Uh, Max Stassi for the Angels has to be available. He is a very good defensive catcher that can hit a ball over the wall sometimes. Sean Murphy would also be interesting, although more expensive. Uh, and back with the Angels, Noah Syndergaard um, will absolutely be traded at the trade deadline. I would be shocked if not. Um, he only signed a one-year deal for LA, and they're pretty much out of it already. So um, I, I expect those things to happen. Um, Stassi interests me. Syndergaard, very curious how much he would cost. He has yeah. not been the old Syndergaard, so don't know what to expect there. But as we've said 18 times this episode, any major league pitcher would help the Cardinals yeah. right now. So just a, a couple I'd other names to pay attention to. I'd be happy with Syndergaard and any, there's a bunch of Diamondbacks people I'd be happy with. Um, you know, I think there's a lot of options just depends on what tier. And yeah. I think the Soto, you get Soto, you're looking at lower tier starters. If no Soto, then I would expect one of these higher tier starters. Although yeah. again, the Cardinals rarely do that. So, um, it could honestly, the most likely thing knowing the Cardinals is that we just trade for, like Noah Syndergaard and like Max Stassi or uh, like just Madison Bumgarner. And that's it. You know? The Mad Bum is one of the few that I really don't want to happen. Um, <laughs> I agree that he would help the team right now, but I do not want that player with that salary. Yeah. Well, you do pay a part of it. So I understand why you wouldn't want that. <laughs> He's... <laughs> So expensive and he throws garbage. Yeah. But anyways, yeah. you're right. It is not my money, um, but I don't like what that could poten potentially do to, you know, the locking up Soto long term conversation. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, I guess we'll see. We'll yeah. find out. Only a few more days left. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, yeah, we'll, I, I think, like you said, we'll definitely do some type of bonus episode if something happens. And I, I really hope we have to record that episode. So keep your eyes out for that. Knowing our luck, it's going to happen within an hour or two of us recording this episode. So <laughs> we'll just record another one right after. We'll just do another one. Yeah, scrap this one. It's been bad anyway. <laughs> so before we head to the the last segment of the episode, we want to round out some of the um, the other news that's happened from around the league. Some notable things. So Ben, why don't you uh, sort of take that? Yeah, just a few things to hit on. Um, unfortunately for the poor Rays, who I just always am kind of rooting for because I like the way they go about it and I like some of their players. Kevin Kiermeyer, Mike Zunino, their starting uh, center fielder and their starting catcher, both going to, uh, to season-ending surgery. Uh, very curious how that changes the trade market. Uh, we've definitely seen the Rays make some moves around this time of the year, see what they'll do and see if they'll kind of decide if it's worth it or not to push for the season. That that division has been rough and uh 
crazy. I mean, the Red Sox are in last place right now They're- and the <laughs> Orioles have taken over. It is it is wild what's happening over there in the East right now. Yeah, we need another talking about other birds uh, after playing the Blue Jays and uh, the Orioles' little run. There's a lot to talk about with them, but uh, yeah, what a what a season for the Red Sox. You know, we we were like uh, a month in, we were saying like maybe the Cardinals should trade for Xander Bogarts, and then a month yeah. later, it was like no, the Red Sox are going for it. They could win the division, and now here we are a month after that. Red Sox are in last place in the <laughs> yeah. East. And it's looking nuts. bad too. Looking it's not bad. like they are the laughing stock of of like the baseball world right now. Just booting the ball. Uh I mean that series in Toronto. They gave uh, up the, 28 runs in that one game. The inside the park grand, grand slam. slam. Uh, yes. Your boy Tapia. <laughs> yes. The ball just falls behind Duran and he just turns and looks at it. While, uh, so you know, bad. one of the faster guys in the league just burns around the bases. Yeah. I don't know if he thought it bounced back in from, you know, from a home run or if he was just so stupefied by his own uh, inability to follow the ball, but not a good look to just. No, I think Homie gave up it. on that one. Yeah, that was bad. <laughs> um, all right, moving uh, down. But you the know line. what? Uh, hey, we went to Fenway this year and uh, we saw them get trounced by the Cardinals and, uh, you know. Suck it, Red Sox. We no. <laughs> you think we cursed them? I hope I I mean I did I did go out and 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 leave some and bury a uh, uh some beads <laughs> and uh, oh, okay. I did a whole I did a whole thing incantation. Okay. Yeah, there we so, go. Okay. You found yeah. the word. <laughs> well, good. I think that's worked out well. The, the curse of the Nate Bambino. Um yep. MLBPA rejects the MLB's final offer for the proposal for uh, the international draft. Um, Long story short, the uh, MLB is trying to enforce an international draft on international signees, which would essentially rob them of millions and millions of dollars. Uh, Obviously, this podcast is pro player. So uh, it's unfortunate that weren't able to solve anything there, but uh, we all saw that one coming. Um, Let's see. And a little bit of trade news, the trade. I'm shocked at how quiet it has been so far. The the floodgates are about to open, but the Mets did make a move. They acquired uh, the thumb himself. Daniel Vogelbach (laughs) is now a Met. uh, I guess probably first base DH, you know, against righties, I guess. I I don't know really what he's going to do, but probably a good move for the Mets who have uh, have been really, really good. You see him around the bases the other day. Burner. Dude's got uh, speed. He got on his horse. (laughs) He did. Um. I, I hope uh, I hope this makes Vogelbach a star. I hope uh, New York elevates him, um, even though that might be difficult. Yeah, um, I, I think the the trade deadline. I think the soda thing has frozen it a little bit. I think so. Um, yeah, you know, as everyone just wishes to see what is the value of something like that. Um, but you know, it always goes this way. It, it always is like a few moves, and then the two days before are just bombshell after bombshell and then yeah. you know we're all on twitter till midnight and ultimately disappointed <laughs> great thanks Nate. <laughs> all right less depressing uh we had the hall of fame uh hall of fame induct- induction ceremony this weekend uh this week which is very exciting uh big poppy was the only one to get voted in through the proper channels so shout out big poppy um i think we both agree that he's a, a pretty much a slam dunk even though he's a dh as, as slam dunk as a dh can get so happy for uh, for big poppy. Um, yeah, t- if it's t- a position, there should be representation in the hall of fame, you know, fully agreed. Um, yeah, it's, it was dumb. Uh, it took way too long for, um, 
uh, oh my god, the Mariners, Edgar. Um, oh, Edgar uh, Martinez. Edgar Martinez. Thank you. Yeah, like he should have been in. Well, fully agreed. Before it took him to get it's. If you're not going to have DHs in there, then we shouldn't have relievers in there. You right. know, like the, the, it, it was dumb that it took that long. Agreed. Um, Tim Kirkjian, also a great writer, somebody who I've, I feel like I grew up with on baseball and, and like learned about baseball, watching baseball tonight back on ESPN when ESPN still cared about baseball, got in, uh, ducked into the hall of fame as well, which I think is cool. If you have not heard his speech, yeah. it's definitely worth it. You can go find it on ESPN.com. It's very, very thoughtful. Um, he talks about kind of the writers that helped him along the way and his brother, who was a baseball player who had ALS and it's very, very sweet. And I, I think Tim Kirkjian is great. Um, and then, uh, the golden area, com- golden era committee, um, inducted a handful of people, Tony Olivia, Jim Cott, um, Bud Fowler, Gil Hodges, Mitty Minoso and Buck O'Neill. Those last four names are posthumously, uh, which is too bad for them, but cool that they got in and their, their wives and families were there to help make speeches, but always cool. Love the baseball hall of fame. Um, and congratulations, uh, shout out big poppy. Are you a small hall guy or a big hall guy? Uh, I, I I don't know. I, I think if you earn it, you earn it. I, I kind of look at it as a uh, era and how you were, uh, how you performed in your era. And I generally consider era to be decades. Um, so if you were the best one or two center fielders of that 10 year span, then you should probably be in the hall of fame. Like you were, you were the guy for that era. And I think that's how it should be looked at. Um, which, you know, we've talked about, uh, Scott Rowland and Jim Edmonds and, uh, I believe Andrew Jones should be in the Hall of Fame. I, I so I guess probably big, but it really it needs to be. You you need to have a peak of greatness, and you need to be uh, considered um, the best or one of the two best, two or three best of that position for a you know X number of years. Yeah, so you're a little less volume and more about peak. For I, I would not have voted Tim Raines in. Um, I yeah. would have voted Big Poppy in. Um, I, yeah. I wouldn't vote Omar Vizquel in. Um, I would vote Pedro Martinez in. Um, yeah. And, and uh, Pedro is a pretty slam dunk, but his window was kind of shorter for a lot of Hall of Famers. Although when he was productive, it was like nobody yeah. ever. That's why Sandy I bring him up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that, that's kind of the way I look at it. Like um, if uh, like Jamie Moyer, um, he doesn't have the numbers, but like if you've just been around and accumulated forever, like I believe Tim Raines did, like I don't I don't really understand why. Like, was he ever considered one of the best? Um, I don't know. So, yeah, not okay. to pick on I, Tim Raines. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was a pretty controversial pick uh, for a lot of reasons. So, um, yeah, I'm pretty much the same. Like, I firmly believe Jim Edmonds should be a Hall of Famer um, if, for that same sort of reason you said. Like, for uh, really half a decade, at least, he was maybe the best center fielder, if not, you know, top two. And then plenty of accolades to go around it. So, uh, yeah. Okay. What else? Anything else you want to talk about? No, I think that's all we got. Let's just get the trades going. Yep. All right. Well, as always, uh, you know, here at the end of the episode, we like to play um, a, a silly little game. And and you've had some some wins and some losses over the past couple of weeks. So I. Oh God. Oh no. Here we go again. I thought we took care of this guy. Didn't you put a? Didn't you put a uh, oxygen tank in its mouth and shoot it with a gun? <laughs> I was going to say shark fins. <laughs> we need to install a shark fins. We really um, do. Yeah, uh, but 
well, it's here. So here we go. We have to deal once again. Is it Shark with Week? With the card shark. It's, oh, okay. it's Shark okay. Week. Um, or as we call the game, Card Shark. So, card Shark. I've got a pack of the Tops 2022 Series 1 cards. Right. Um, we've, we've done this a couple times. Um, I'm going to uh, pull a card. I'm going to say the name of the person. And Ben has to say what team they're on and what position they play. And he gets Let's a point go. for he gets a point for each of those answers. Yeah. So some of this sometimes super easy. And then, uh, you know, sometimes we get super stumped. I've been studying, Nate. Just watching baseball. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Found me out. <laughs> So, um, you know, the, these cards were made, it's like the first series of 2022. So you get a little bit of, um, you know, when you guess the team, you can either give me the team that they were on that is represented in the card, which usually was like sometime in the middle of winter, you know? So some of these guys, it's like maybe they were traded or, or signed new contracts. Um, so you can give me their new team or their, their current team. Or they're the team they were on last year. Yep, yep I got you. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Ba-dum. Starting out. Ba-dum. Josiah Gray. Josiah Gray. Wow. Legend. Uh, well, if you remember, he was traded from the Dodgers to the Nationals and is now basically the best player on the Nationals outside of uh, Soto. <laughs> so and will be the best player here soon. Uh, but yeah, starting pitcher. Washington Natinals. I like Josiah. Yeah. I like a, like an undersized, like super stuffy pitcher. He's kind of like Roy Oswalt a little bit. Um, yeah, I like Josiah Gray. I do too. I hope that, um, he's had an up and down season, but I yeah. think that, you know, the, the skills are there. So I, hope yeah, he I think so. Find success. And the Nats need him too. Yes, they do. Oh, all right. Now this one is going to be tough. Yeah. Aaron judge. You, uh, little known guy. Okay. Uh, you mentioned his draft class earlier. This this discussion, though. Oh, okay. <laughs> Mike Trout, center fielder, Angels. <laughs> All right. And my friend. Nice. Is he a good friend? Yeah, I like him. Okay. Not cool. very talkative. Cl- <laughs> he actually has never spoken to me. <laughs> Same. Um, <laughs> Clint Frazier. Clint. Frazier. Oh, he is a former former guardian, former Indian, former Yankee, current Chicago Cub. And man, has he been nothing. And what position does he play? Uh, outfield, but I think he's primarily a right fielder. Clint Frazier. There he is. Depicted oh, as a Yankee and doing this. his swish with the helmet that one time he got a hit. <laughs> I really thought he was going to be more than he is. The bats, everyone alone. did. Thought he was going to be like Tyler O'Neill. Yeah. yeah, there's a reason he kept getting moved around. He was, you know, yeah. perceived value, right? Everybody wanted him, and now he's a cub. Yep. All right, another little known name here. Uh, I think it's pronounced Freddie Freeman. <laughs> uh, starting first baseman. Los Angeles Dodgers, the Doyers. That's right. But here we have him depicted. Ah, poor guy. And his former team. Yeah. The Atlanta Braves. He should still be a brave. 
All right. Now I've been making jokes about the the names that I you know that I that are obvious here, but this one actually, uh, Jackson Reitz. Jackson Reitz. Uh oh. <laughs> um, Jackson Reitz. Jackson Reitz. Don't know Jackson Reitz. Sounds like a pitcher, so I'm gonna say he's a. I'm gonna give him. A, I say he's a starting pitcher. I'm gonna say he is a Mariner. That's just total. That's shot a wrong on both counts. Damn. Um, I've also never heard this name before, uh, and I do a lot of dynasty baseball stuff, so I usually know at least know these names. Jackson Reitz, catcher for the Washington Nationals. Wow. Okay. I don't know if this was just a single moment in 2021. Um, I got to look that one up. Yeah. Yeah, it looks like he debuted in He's not even coming up on baseball reference. How do you spell his last name? He had two games, two at-bats. Uh, hey, he had, a, uh, he had a hit. He had a double. Uh, R-E-E-T-Z. Jackson Reitz. He's not coming up on baseball reference. Uh, J-A-K-S-O-N. Oh, my God. This guy. Okay, I found him. <laughs> um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know, he's got a career uh, 302 AP- OPS plus in um, okay. two at-bats. <laughs> well, he had a double in that. And, yeah. Currently playing for Milwaukee at AAA and having a All really right. good year. 975 OPS. Okay. Well, the more you know. Jackson without Tra- the C, that's stupid. Yeah. Uh, I think it's cool. Um, Travis Darno. Travis, he is the catcher for the Braves. Boink. I like him. You got it. All right. Mitch Keller. Mitch Keller. Oh, I always get him mixed up with. There is. A guy on the Pirates and a guy on the Diamondbacks. They have very similar names. I always get them mixed up. I know he's a starting pitcher. Oh, wait. He could also be an angel or a a royal. Um, Final answer, starting pitcher, Pittsburgh Pirates. You got it. Uh, Brad Keller is a starter on the the Royals. I'm not sure who you're talking about for the Diamondbacks. But look at this. It's shiny. Ooh. Hold on to that. I don't know. I don't know what it does, but I have a shiny... Uh, Mitch Keller. Let's get that. If sign. this were Pokemon, you know. Oh, Merrill Kelly. That's who I get it mixed Merrill up. Merrill Kelly. Yeah. yeah. But I got it. You did get it. Oh, this is an interesting one. Vidal Bruhan or Bruhan. Bruhan. Like this guy a lot. He hasn't done much, but he's a second baseman shortstop for the Rays. I don't know if he's yeah, in the bigs this, or not. Look at this card. Yeah. It's that's like a good one. It's modeled after like old timey. Yeah. Hold on to that baseball one. Baseball cards. Uh, it's got a, it's got a fun fact here on the back. One of the reasons that Vidal was a low key signing in 2014 was that he was, that he weighed only 145 pounds. Oh, wow. It's like my leg. <laughs> Gross. <laughs> Gross. That, he's going to steal like 40 bases one year. It just, it, yeah, it, it needs to come together. Connor Wong. Connor Wong. Oh, where is Connor? Um, 
man, he has moved around a lot. Brother of Colton, um, second baseman as well. Smaller, somehow smaller than Colton Wong. Oh, man, I know he was with the Rays for a little bit. I know he's with the Angels for a little bit. He's probably moved around more than that, but I'm going to say second baseman Angels. Well, I'm looking it up because at least on this card, he's a catcher for the Boston Red Sox. So am I thinking of a different Wong? I think you might be. Oh, Colton's brother is Keen. Okay. I was like, this guy, I'm pretty sure is not Colton Wong's brother. Uh, So it's Connor, Colton, and Keen Wong are the three. (laughs) Did you know that they are the only Wongs to have ever played Major League Baseball? I did not know that. Obviously, the name stood out to me when I when I pulled it, but. Well, failure. Sorry. You should apologize. I'm not apologizing to you. I'm apologizing to um, Connor. All right. We are uh, we are getting there. We're, we're getting near the end here. Uh, Brian De La Cruz. Brian De La Cruz is a horrible outfielder with a decent bat for the Miami Marlins. You got it. I, he's got a bit of swag, though. I kind of like him. He's kind of fun. Uh, his card that's a that's some swag oh yeah got some long legs there <laughs> okay <laughs> is that where swag comes from is this good is this good audio <laughs> yeah. yeah i think everybody likes it when you just hold up a card to the screen and i try to read it <laughs> people are into that drew ellis drew ellis drew ellis Ooh. Drew Ellis. Drew Ellis has got me stumped again. Um, I'm going to say that he is a Diamondback um, outfielder. So total guess. Well, you almost you you got one half of it right. Yeah. Uh, Drew Ellis is a third baseman for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Damn it. And finally, Brandon Marsh. Brandon Marsh, the caveman, center fielder, angels. He should kick Trout out of his job, but he won't. Look at that beard. There you go. Yeah, that guy's got swag. Yeah. Is he going to be good? I can never tell. Is he? Can he hit? He seems good. Yeah. I think he's he's having a good year. It's not great, but, you know, a good, like, young player year. Angels suck. You earned 19 points. Yay. You've, de- you've defeated the card shark. <laughs> okay. I didn't know <laughs> it was me versus the shark, but I feel good. Yeah. I, uh, I yeah, pretty okay good. about that. There were, they, I mean, I should have got the Connor Wong. That, that was pathetic. Um, but I, good I was misdirect okay there. Yeah, it was. Yeah, the it wrong was Wong. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Talking About Birds. Uh, Potentially huge next few days for the Cardinals organization. So we'll be keeping an eye on that. Um, As always, reach out to us at Talk About Birds or uh, all the places Ben mentioned before. We're always happy to chat. Um, Hopefully this series in uh, Toronto ends well and the Cardinals can get something going. They need it. 
Um, and we'll be back next week, as always, with another episode. And until then, go Cardinals. Fire Andrew Kisner. Yeah. <laughs>